0: Okay, I'm going to start with a story this morning. Uh, there's a dad who was interviewing, basically, a prospective suitor for his daughter. So this young man came to the dad, and uh, the dad asked him, he said, so, uh, you know, we don't know much about each other, so uh, do, you, do you have a job? Do you have a career? You know, any aspirations there? And the young man just said, no, I don't have a job. But then he said, but God will provide. And so the father said, well, okay, well, do you have any, you know, any goals, any ambitions, any goals that you want to set for your life? And the young man just said, no, I don't have any, but God will provide. And so the father was getting quite nervous, and he asked him a third question. He says, well, do you have any, do you have any money? Do you have any resources? Do you have any stocks and bonds and investments? How, you know, how, are you, how do you think you're going to take care of my daughter? Do you have anything like that? And the young man said, no, I don't, I don't have anything. But he said, God will provide. So the dad was really alarmed, and so he went to his wife, and he says, and his wife said, well, how did the meeting go? And he says, well, I've got good news and bad news. She says, well, what's the bad news? And he says, well, he doesn't have a job, no career, doesn't have any goals, and uh, he doesn't have any money or any assets. She says, what's the good news? And he says, the good news is, he thinks I'm God. I'm sure that, uh, that we all know people or maybe you have known people who are looking to other, other people in their lives to kind of be God, to provide, to take responsibility for them when in fact they ought to be taking responsibility for themselves in certain areas of their lives. And we've all been in relationships with people where maybe we've had a suspicion that the relationship with this person isn't entirely healthy, that there's something off and maybe we can't quite put our finger on it but it doesn't feel right. It feels like there's some sort of imbalance there in the relationship. Uh, it feels maybe one-sided in the relationship. Maybe there's a lack of respect. It just doesn't feel healthy. And sometimes in those situations, what is needed to help move that relationship from a place of not very healthy to a place where it's growing in health, sometimes what's needed in that relationship are boundaries, or what we call boundaries, very clear boundaries. Boundaries are kind of like a very clear line, a very clear understanding that is drawn in a relationship. And I talk about all sorts of relationships here. But a clear line, a clear boundary line that is drawn in a relationship so that there there can be health and there can be integrity and there can be safety in that relationship. A boundary is like a line that is drawn, a clear line to help us define who is responsible and who needs to own what, and conversely, who is not responsible, and who doesn't need to own certain things in a relationship. A boundary is something that is very clear, that is something that is agreed upon and talked about in a relationship. And as I said to you last Sunday, I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of things this morning. And no doubt there are going to be a lot of things that are left unsaid that perhaps we could talk about. This is a huge subject. The more I've gotten into it, the more I realize there are many, many things. We could be here for a long time this morning. But as I asked you last Sunday, I'm going to ask you this Sunday, as I talk about a number of things, uh, I simply want to ask you that you would be asking God, what is one thing that you are talking to me about this morning? In this subject of boundaries, what is one thing that you are, one area where you are putting your finger on in my life, that you want me to have a conversation, that you want me to bring to you and to submit to you? What is one thing? So, Can we do that this morning as we talk about boundaries in uh, relationships? Uh, First of all, I want to mention to you before I get into this, um, if if you're looking for a resource on this, um, there's a book called Boundaries, and it's by um, Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And it was written quite a while ago, but there's a lot of helpful information in here. And this book is in our library if you need it. At least it will be once I return it. So uh, I will put this back in the library. And it is available here, and I'll be uh, referring to it uh, once or twice this morning. I want to read you a little story that uh, they tell in this book called Boundaries. The parents of a 25-year-old man came to see me with a common request. They wanted me to fix their son, Bill. When I asked where Bill was, they said, oh, he didn't want to come. Why, I asked. Well, he doesn't think he has a problem. They replied, maybe he's right, I said to their surprise. Tell me about it. They recited a history of problems that had begun at a very young age. Bill had never been quite up to snuff in their eyes. In recent years, he had exhibited problems with drugs and an inability to stay in school and find a career. It was apparent that they loved their son very much and were heartbroken over the way he was living. They had tried everything they knew to get him to change and to live a responsible life, but all had failed. He was still using drugs, avoiding responsibility, and keeping questionable company. They told me that they had always given him everything he needed. He had plenty of money at school so he wouldn't have to work and he would have plenty of time for study and a social life. When he flunked out of one school or stopped going to classes, they were more than happy to do everything they could to get him into another school where it might be a a better fit for him. After they had talked for a while, I responded, I think your son is right. He doesn't have a problem. You could have mistaken their expression for a snapshot. They stared at me in disbelief for a full minute. Finally, the father said, Did I hear you right? You don't think he has a problem? That's correct, I said. He doesn't have a problem. You do. He can do pretty much whatever he wants. No problem. You pay, you fret, you worry, you plan, you exert energy to keep him going. He doesn't have a problem because you have taken it from him. Those things should be his problem. But as it stands now, they are yours. And then he asked them this question. Would you like for me to help you to help him have some problems? <laughs> <laughs> he went on to explain, I think that the solution to this problem would be to clarify some boundaries so that his action caused him problems and not you. As it stands now, he is irresponsible and happy, and you are responsible and miserable. You know, It's a very interesting story. That's obviously between a parent and a son. But this whole idea of boundaries, as I said before, it is applicable to all sorts of relationships in our lives. Sometimes boundaries, setting clear lines in relationships, sometimes it involves a conversation that involves you saying the word no. No, that's not going to work for me. No, that's not how this relationship is going to look because that's not a healthy way For this relationship to be it involves us saying no sometimes and sometimes setting those kinds of boundaries can feel unloving uncaring have you ever been have you ever had to say no and it feels unloving it feels uncaring but you've had to say it and we're going to talk about that in a few moments but it's helpful for us to see that jesus in his life he often set boundaries he often set these clear lines let me give you a few examples because it's important for us to see this. Jesus, the most loving person who has ever lived and, and uh, continues to live, Jesus, the most pu- loving person who has ever lived, he also had the wisdom to say no. He didn't meet everybody's needs. He didn't allow every, uh, people to walk all over him either. So when Jesus began his ministry, there were two things that became very apparent. First of all, that he was uh, a teacher unlike uh, any teacher that people had ever heard. He taught with authority. And that caused people to sit up and to take notice. And the second thing that became very apparent about Jesus is that he had power, that he was uh, doing miracles. And that also caught uh, caused people to sit up and take notice. And that caused all sorts of crowds to begin to follow Jesus and to gather around Jesus. And as the crowds grew around Jesus, so did the expectations on Jesus' life. People were following him. People wanted him... To heal them. People wanted him to provide for them. All sorts of expectations followed the crowds and followed Jesus. One time in Mark chapter 1, this is a very interesting passage, a short passage, but it says that very early in the morning in verse 35, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning when it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left and he went off to be by himself. It's kind of like Jesus got up before anyone and he snuck out of the house and he snuck away to be with his father. And then once everyone got up, they noticed that Jesus wasn't there, and so they sent out a search party for Jesus. And finally, they caught up with Jesus, and they say to Jesus, they exclaim to Jesus, Jesus, everybody is looking for you. Everybody's looking for you. And what I think they're saying is, Jesus, you're here off by yourself, but the crowds are over here, and they need all sorts of things. Jesus, why are you over here doing nothing? When you should be over here doing something. There's all sorts of needs over here. But Jesus didn't feel the need to meet everybody's needs. He knew he also had to take care of himself. And he set those boundaries with his time. And allowed himself time to rest. Allowed himself time to renew his soul. And to renew and to, uh, his relationship with the Father. And he did this often, the scriptures say. He set those clear boundaries uh, in his ministry, Jesus often disappointed people. why? because he didn 't always meet their expectations, and he didn 't always give people what they wanted there 's another interesting passage that, as I was studying this week in the book of John, and uh, I, I find this these two verses very interesting. Uh, let me read them to you uh, John chapter two verse twenty three it says this Now, while Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people, again, they saw uh, the miraculous signs that he was doing, and they believed in his name. But then it says this, But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. So here's another boundary that Jesus set in his relationships. Jesus didn't entrust his heart and entrust his interests with every single person who said, I believe in you. Why? Because Jesus knew their hearts, it says. Jesus knew that not everyone was a genuine follower. Jesus knew that some of these people, when they didn't get what they wanted, they would turn on him. And so Jesus was very careful, and sometimes he guarded his heart. Sometimes he guarded his interests, and he didn't share that with everyone. He was careful about what he shared and who he shared things with, because he knew men, he knew their hearts. And you and I sometimes have been in relationships where it doesn't maybe feel safe. Or this person has shown a pattern of behavior where they are not quite trustworthy with the things of my heart. And sometimes we have to draw those boundaries. It doesn't mean that we are unkind. It just means that we don't entrust ourselves to every person that comes along the way. So that's another boundary that Jesus set. Another boundary that Jesus set is that he also he didn't allow people to walk all over him. He didn't allow people to just say whatever they wanted to say Without hearing truth in return. Now, sometimes that's tricky for us to do, but we talked about last Sunday how we ought to be a people who are willing to speak truth in love and not allow people to just walk all over us. That we are willing to, with grace and with love, to speak truth to people and to draw those boundary lines and to draw them very clearly. And Jesus even did this with his own disciples, and they didn't always like it, but he did this. So, what are some examples of boundaries? that we set in our life, in relationships in our life. Uh, Perhaps, as I read that story, it's it's a boundary that needs to be set between a parent and a child, setting very clear expectations about how the relationship is to be, if the relationship's going to be healthy, if the relationship's going to be built on respect, if it's going to be a safe relationship. Here's some clear boundaries and expectations and consequences when those boundaries are crossed. Maybe it's boundaries that need to be set between you and a friend, and maybe it's an unhealthy type relationship, and there are dependency patterns, that this friend is overly dependent on you, and they want all of your time, or they're overly dependent on your resources. Uh, there's a thing that uh, counselors call codependence, codependency, and uh very, very briefly, I'll talk about the other end of codependency at the end of the message. But on the one side of codependency, you have a a person who is in a relationship with this other person, but they are constantly needing that other person. They are needing that person for way too much, and they are constantly trying to get that person's time or resources. There is that unhealthy dependency on the other person. Conversely, this person over here is providing way too much for that person. And we'll talk about why at the end of the message. But they're finding their fulfillment in that. And it's an unhealthy, codependent relationship. And sometimes we need to make some lines and draw some lines in relationships where we enable people to take responsibility for those things in their life that they need to take responsibility for. And we draw those lines. Even though it can feel hard to do that, it is important. Maybe it's a boundary that needs to be set between an older parent and an older child. Maybe you've been in a situation where perhaps one of your parents has come to you, and maybe there's difficulty in your mom and dad's relationship, and one of the parents is coming to you, and they're confiding to you in the trouble that they're having, and you feel stuck in the middle. Has anyone ever been there? And you feel stuck in the middle, and you feel like they're almost depending on you to be their counselor, and that's not appropriate. Because it makes it difficult for you to be in a healthy relationship with both of your parents. And maybe a line, a boundary that needs to be drawn there is, I, Mom or Dad, I can't be this for you. In this situation, I am not the right person. And you need to set that boundary. Maybe it's a boundary at work with a co-worker, perhaps, who is crossing lines with you, or a boss who is calling you at home after hours too much, and you just need to set clear boundaries there. Um, maybe it's something that is called uh, relationship triangulation. Okay, let me just explain this to you. That someone over here has a problem, a, person A has a problem with person B, but person A doesn't go to person B and talk to them directly about it. Instead, they go to you, person C up here, and they unload on you. And they're dependent on you, they're unloading. And instead of taking responsibility and going to that person directly, they're going to you. And you need to ver- draw a very... Uh, clear boundary and say, you know what? You first need to go to this person. I can't do this. It's not right, and you need to draw that clear boundary. Maybe it's in male-female relationships where clear lines, clear boundaries need to be drawn so that the relationship has integrity, so that the relationship is pure. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. There are all sorts of boundaries that we can and should be drawing in our lives. In the book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend, They list uh, a number of questions or struggles that people often have around this whole issue of setting boundaries in relationships so that they can be more healthy. But people have questions, and, and it can be difficult. And here's a few of those questions. Can I set limits or boundaries and still be a loving person? There's that struggle. What are legitimate boundaries to set? Aren't boundaries selfish? Isn't it cruel to just stop helping a person? Have any of you asked any of those questions or felt that tension? And I think sometimes when we feel that tension or ask that question, there's a tension going on inside of us. And the tension going on inside of us is on the one hand, we feel frustrated or weary in a relationship, and on the other side, we feel guilt. We feel frustrated or weary because we can't be everything to this person or it's not healthy but we feel guilt on the other side because we would feel guilty if we draw those clear lines, if we stop helping that person, if we have that hard conversation. After all, aren't we as Christians called to be loving people? Aren't we called to give to anyone who asks, as Jesus says? Aren't we called by Jesus to go the extra mile, to be rich in good deeds and all of these things? And the answer to all of those questions is, of course we are. We are called to be loving people. We are called to go the extra mile. We are called to strive towards all of those things, but the Bible also tells people that they also need to take responsibility for their own lives. The Bible is very clear about that. We are to serve, we are to be loving people, but on the other side, each one of us are to take responsibility for the things that God is calling us in our lives to take responsibility for. The Bible uh, tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, gives an example, and Paul says this, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. What is Paul saying? If a man is able to work, he needs to take responsibility for his life. He needs to provide. In another place in the New Testament, Paul has strong words for a person who will not provide for their family. God calls each of us to take responsibility for those things in our lives. And there is a difference between someone who is in a place of need because there is an emergency in their life, and someone over here who is in a pattern of not taking responsibility for their life, and they are overly dependent on someone else. At what point, we need to ask, are my actions helping other another person avoid taking responsibility and ownership for their life and situation? Let me repeat that question. We need to ask this question. At what point are my actions helping the other person avoid taking responsibility and ownership for their own life, and for their own situation because friends when we don't set boundaries we are not actually loving people very well because we are actually helping them avoid doing what god is calling them to do we are actually enabling that person to continue avoiding responsibility for their lives or their actions or worse we're happy we're actually enabling people to continue in their manipulation. We want to keep our hearts healthy. We want to continue to love people and be willing to give and to go the extra mile, but we need to be wise in how we are doing that. John Townsend, he says this. He says, there's a difference between loving someone and rescuing them. And the question that we need to ask in this situation is, is this something that they should be doing and can be doing themselves? I'd just like to take a... Not a timeout, but I want to talk about something uh, even a little bit more serious. And I know that this is a a more serious message. And again, just asking you to just be listening to the Spirit as we speak and as you think about the relationships in your life. But I would just like to talk to us a little bit about the problem of abuse in relationships. Um, We don't often talk about this in church, but we need to. And abuse has a wide range in our society, as you know. There is abuse uh, in the form of bullying that takes place on playgrounds, takes place in primary schools, elementary schools. And, you know, in those places, there are boundaries and lines that need to be drawn, but often kids are in need of help in those situations and need teachers and parents to help them set those healthy boundaries so that abuse can stop and bullying can stop. But you and I both know that bullies who are this high often grow up into bullies who are this high. And abuse, unfortunately, and bullying continues into adult relationship. Sometimes uh, bullying happens in, uh, or, or this kind of abuse, or verbal abuse or manipulation happens in a relationship with someone at work. Maybe it's someone across the street that you have this kind of relationship with that's entirely not healthy. Maybe it's someone that you go to church with. And some clear boundary lines need to be set. Maybe it's someone that you're married to, and some clear boundary lines need to be set. And a conversation needs to be had where you say, you know what, I will not be treated this way. It needs to stop, okay? And so sometimes it involves being courageous and having a difficult conversation with that person. Sometimes it involves uh, just not entrusting yourself to that person. And even in an extreme situation, it just involves you not giving your time to that person because it's so unhealthy. But I want to talk for a moment about marriages because the problem of of abuse, as you know, happens in the home and happens in marriages. Sometimes a spouse is not being treated well, to say the least. Sometimes there's extreme emotional abuse. Sometimes there's extreme verbal abuse and manipulation that can happen in a marriage. And sometimes, when appropriate, a courageous conversation needs to happen and one spouse needs to say to the other I will not and cannot be treated this way this needs to stop we need help in our relationship we need to go see someone we need some counseling this manipulation it needs to stop and if it doesn't stop and the abuse continues sometimes what is needed is some temporary space in that relationship so that it will wake up the other person to stop their abuse and to stop that manipulation. And I want to say to you this morning, if you are in an abusive relationship, if you are in physical harm, if you are being abused in that way, you need to get to a safe place. And I know that is way easier said than done. But you need to get to a safe place. If you are being hit, if you are being abused, you need to get to a safe place Your spouse cannot be allowed to continue their abuse. Sometimes hard boundary lines need to be set. And that hard boundary line is that you leave and then you wait. Cloud and Townsend give this advice. They say this. You should not continue to set yourself up for hurt and disappointment. If you have been in an abusive relationship, you should wait until it is safe and until real patterns of change have been demonstrated before you go back. Many people are too quick to trust someone in the name of forgiveness and not make sure that the other person is producing fruit in keeping with repentance. To continue to open yourself up emotionally to an abusive or addicted person without seeing true change is foolish. Forgive, but guard your heart until you see sustained change. In our society and in our worlds, we are seeing a phenomenon called the Me Too movement. We've all heard of this. And it's a very interesting thing that's going on in our society. But I believe, even though uh, we need to be very careful with that, I believe some important things are happening. And the important things that are happening are that clear boundary lines that have been crossed for many years in some situations are now being called out. Abuse that has happened lines that maybe never were drawn, that should have been drawn, those things are being brought to light. And this needs to be done very carefully and with great sensitivity. But what is happening is people are finally saying the abuse must stop. This can no longer happen. And in many of those situations, that needs to happen. And we're seeing that happen in our society. And in many ways, this is a good thing, where these clear boundary lines that need to have been set are being set. Boundaries need to be set and people need to be called to account in a proper way so that abusive behavior can and will stop. I want to close just with a few more thoughts for us. As we think about our relationships as a whole, as we think about uh, boundaries that need to take place, and um, in, in hard conversations, perhaps, that need to take place, where a relationship isn't quite balanced, it's not healthy, um, you're feeling that tension. Maybe it's with an older parent. Maybe it's with a friend or a co-worker or whatever that, uh, the case is. I want us to, to model uh, the boundaries and how we set the boundaries, model it after Jesus. The beginning of the book of John, it tells us this. It tells us that Jesus came from the Father full of what two things? Grace and truth, okay? He came to us from heaven, from the Father, full of grace and truth and truth and I would suggest to us that as we if we want healthy relationships and as we set those understandings and those boundaries in our relationship those conversations need to happen with both of those things that we need to be a people who yes speak truth and say you know what we need to have a conversation because things aren't healthy we need to speak truth and be courageous but we also need to be full of grace those two things held in tension with one another because, as we talked about last Sunday, when we deal with conflict, we have to come into those conversations humbly. Because we all have stuff in our own lives. We all have stuff in our own lives. So we come to those conversations full as Jesus was, full of grace and truth. And this is the key to setting healthy boundaries. last thing I want to say is this. Back to that passage in John chapter 2. It's very interesting to me. Let me read it to you again. That as people saw the miraculous signs... Jesus was doing and believed in his name but it says but Jesus would not entrust himself to them or he knew all men and then it says this he did not need man's testimony about man that Jesus didn't feel the need to give his heart and to entrust himself and to give himself to every person because he didn't need man's testimony about man meaning that Jesus didn't need the pat on the back from the crowds meaning that Jesus found his fulfillment in his father, and not on the pat on the back from other people. And I would say to us that that other side of codependent relationships where people, and I've been in this as well, I have been in an unhealthy relationship where I'm the one that is giving and giving and giving and I can't find a way to stop and it's not because I'm being loving. It's because I'm finding my pat on the back, I'm finding my worth, I'm finding my whatever in doing that. And the fact of the matter is, is that a boundary needs to be set. And in order for that to happen, I need to first find my value and my worth in my Father in heaven so that I can say no sometimes, so that I can set clear and healthy boundaries in relationship. Jesus didn't need man's testimony in, order, uh, in those relationships. He found his worth in God, and we need to do that. And we need to have conversations that are full of grace and truth so that we can be in healthy relationships with one another. And not only here with one another, but people in our, in our uh, neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplace. So let's just bow for a moment and just pray. Let's just be quiet. I'm just going to allow for a couple moments of silence, and then I want to commit these things to prayer. father we we commit to you um, whatever it is that your spirit has been speaking to us about this morning whatever relationship or or issue and uh, we commit that to you and we ask that you uh, would help us to be respond uh, responsive to you as um, your word tells us that we uh, we don't want to be just hearers of the word but we want to do what it is that you're calling us to do so help us to be obedient god Help us to hear from you. Open our ears that we might continue to hear and to be guided by you this week as we go into this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, friends, I'm going to ask that you would stand as I close the service. And I want to invite you to come back next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about uh, healthy marriages. My wife has been looking forward to this message uh, (laughs) because uh, she knows that I'm going to have to be on my best behavior all week long as I talk about marriage. So uh, come back next Sunday. It's going to be fun, and we're going to just dig into that. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Bless you, friends. Have a great day.